Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the US. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. Hello, everybody. This is podcast number 25, 25 in the Autopilot Your Business podcasts. And I am excited to be here today because we are up to our sixth edition of this series that we're talking about. And to introduce that series, of course, I couldn't do it without the lovely, fresh from meetings, webinars, and general crazy busyness, Miss Heather Porter. <laughs> Yay! I'm here. Yay. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Hi, guys. I, I love it how you. I love it how you. You're. You're. You, you are your own fan club. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Someone has to keep me going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, um, I'm. Uh, I'm excited about today, as I said, because um, we have gone through about five different uh, aspects of your website and that sort of stuff. And this one today, we're talking about how to decrease the shopping cart abandonment rate. Whoa, what's that? Crazy sort of stuff. Give us a rundown. What is it? It is almost getting a little bit more advanced, isn't it? Um, The shopping cart abandonment rate, basically what that is, and Andrew, you've given this great little story, which I laugh every time I think about it in my head, but picture you're going to a shop in the mall, you have your cart loaded up with all your goodies, and then you go up to the part of the uh, store where you're going to check out and pay the money. And instead of doing that, you just leave your cart and run out the door. That's essentially what a cart abandonment rate is or a cart abandonment is online. So what happens is that a user comes to your website, they go to the sign-up page, they're really interested in buying, and for whatever reason, they don't actually complete the sign-up process. So that is what an abandonment rate is, and that's what we're going to talk to you about today and how to look at decreasing them. But before we do, I want to know what you've learned in well, the last <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you remember because I was about to spring that on you, and uh, I was gonna I was gonna come up with my own and uh, give you some time to think. But uh, now you've given me no time to think. So let me tell you what I've learned this week. Um, sure. I learned that uh, that's a good question. What did I learn this week? Um, do you know what? Have you got something? Because I'm gonna come back to mine. Yeah, I do. Good. Actually, you go do it, and I'll think what I've learned this week. Okay, so here's the cool thing I learned. So basically yesterday I was um, with a client and we were filming some uh, an interview video. He's creating this whole really cool info product online and he's filming experts right now to get information out of them. And what I learned was that we were sitting, the three of us together before we started filming and I said to them both, I said, look, here's the thing. What I want you guys to focus on in this interview is like talking about words in a way that you're talking to a 10-year-old child. And what I mean by that is, again, back to the whole jargon thing, when we are experts, we forget that people actually don't know. We think some of our words are so easy to understand, and we just throw them around expecting people to understand them. But, for example, like they were talking about a word yield. Um, it was about property, and they were talking about this word yield. And I said to them, what does that mean? What does it mean? Walk me through it. And we ended up coming up with the five definitions of the word. But to cut a long story short, ultimately, at the end of the interview, the expert came up to me. He said, you know what? This is the first time I was able to talk about and define words in a way that I never thought of before because it's so simple and so profound. But 
just just that thing that you told me right there is going to help me in my communications with clients forevermore because I've gotten so caught up in using big words yeah. and I forgot that most people actually have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really cool. You know, I relate that to um, one of our plugins that we lo- love to talk about is um, a plugin by Yoast and talks about the SEO <clears throat> value of your, of your posts, you know, on a blog yep. site. And they have a thing called, and I'm going to try and remember the name, I think it's Fleischer or the, the Mac, is it the Fleischer Reading Scale? Um, and it's, what it does is it basically tells you how, how, um, how technical your article is. And the, I, I think, and don't quote me on this, but I think the higher the score, the more likely it is to be read by more people. Yeah. So your articles should be sort of um, ta- uh, targeted to your audience. And if your audience aren't technically minded then uh, don't talk about technical stuff. So that's well, really, that's a really cool uh, insight. Hey, it is. And, and when you and I wrote our book, member for um, Amazon, we were told to write it in such a way where you're writing it. Was it fourth grade level? Yeah, yeah, fourth grade level. So, so content that does the best, and this is universal, it, it should actually be written for more of a fourth grader, you know? So we're talking using simplistic terms because ultimately you want people to – engage and also remember what you're talking about and actually learn something from you. So yeah, it was quite, it was quite yeah, a cool thing. And you and I, you and I always, uh, before we start our podcast, we always remind ourselves, let's talk in uh, simple language because we want to make sure that everyone can understand what yeah. we're talking about. Cause you know, you and I sometimes get carried away with technical stuff and we don't want, <laughs> we don't want people to go, <laughs> whoa, we're turning this podcast right off. It's, it's true. So now, we'll, have I given you enough time to think yes, of something that yeah, you learned? <laughs> it, only took, okay. it only took me a few seconds. So, so here's what I learned. Last week, I was, um, I was giving a presentation to a bunch of business owners about LinkedIn. And for whatever reason, this seems to happen regularly, that just before I go on stage, I discover that LinkedIn has changed, right? Or something new has come up. And um, of course, there was two new additions to LinkedIn that morning. <laughs> and um, and it's it's one of those things where you you know if you do a bit of speaking around the place you get to know uh, you know if you know your product you know it's not a problem for you and it doesn't matter what topic it is as long as you know your product you can sort of make it up. But I um, one of the things I learned was that you know it's not that hard if if uh, if someone throws you a curveball just before you're about to go on stage and talk about something. It's not that it's not that hard to just tell the audience, "Hey, this is what's happened. Something new, something new has occurred." Um, I turned it to a point where I was saying to them, "You're the first pe- people in the world to officially be taught this in a class." Because literally, <laughs> LinkedIn enrolled it out just hours before I went on, and I don't think anyone else would have had a class that was ready to teach that sort of stuff in the world. So I, I turned a uh, bit of a potentially negative thing into a positive thing, and. Yeah. I didn't know too much about what it was. I had to go and I didn't have time to go and play with it. So we basically played with it in class while I was teaching them. And I said, you know, I'm teaching you as I'm learning. So this is real time learning and teaching as we go. And uh, they loved it. You know, they didn't care. I didn't have to worry about me feeling stupid about not knowing something <laughs> because um, I just went up front and said, hey, I, I, it's new. I don't know what it is, but let's learn together. And uh, they were pretty happy with it. So that was uh, that was my learning about you know, getting confronted with stuff you don't know all the time. It's not, not that hard. Yeah, I like that. Right. So uh, let's have a little chat now about cart abandonment cart rates. Abandonment rates. Now, now, if you don't have a shopping cart, if you don't have a place where you sell stuff on your website, then this information 
may be handy for you when you do introduce a shopping cart or when you do start to sell some of your products or services. And what all this is about is there's a very, and we'll talk about the statistic in a minute because it's quite shocking, but there is a large percentage of people, as you said in the intro, who go to your go through the process of buying or believing what it is that you're trying to sell them, going to click on that button to purchase it, and at the very last minute, they decide not to hit um, pay now, and they disappear. And um, we were reading some figures before this show, just doing some research, and the the number that's branded or bandied around right now is around between fifty to was it was it fifty to seventy percent. Yeah, it's 50 crazy. to 70% of people that go through your shopping cart end up running away without purchasing anything, which is just phenomenal. It, it, you know, it is. And actually, I'm even going to raise you on that and say that one one way of looking this at, at this, I suppose, is not necessarily just a shopping cart, but even if you're selling an info product on your site, you're just selling one product, and mm-hmm. so you're not actually having people go add to cart, add to cart, add to cart. But we're also talking about that as well. So if people say, yeah, you know, I'm going to buy that particular info product, instead of just having one sales form where they check out, you can have like a, a what's called a two-part sign-up process. And we'll go into that in a little bit more detail in a second. But why I'm bringing this up is because what I have personally witnessed is when we did this for somebody, I actually, you know, we, we would have never have known if people actually abandoned, but just by having two different forms they fill out, 30% in their case, 30% of people weren't finishing. And I knew that because I could see that they only filled out the first form and not the second form. Wow. So we didn't even know that until just implementing that sort of double form process, you know, and we'll go into some really cool tips and tools in a moment of, of how to use that. But so you're saying 50 to 70, you know, I'm not surprised. We're talking to, I saw, I witnessed 30%. So yeah, yeah I, think, I think, I think, um, I think maybe that number could be a little high. It depends on, on mm. what you're selling. Um, yeah. But it's definitely in the order of 30 plus percent. Yeah. The people are, the people are seeing this abandonment rate, which is, um, you know, it's a third of your, a third of your efforts are going out the window. That's right. Um, yeah, and you you never know why. You know, you'll never know why unless you start to look at some of these things we're going to talk yep. about. So let's uh, let's get let's get onto it. And, and and what we want to do today is share not how to go and measure it because that's a, that's a little bit more of a technical skill. But let's try and put some framework in place for you so that you can do everything in your power to avoid people um, abandoning. There there is always going to be abandonment rates because that's just the way people are. But mm-hmm. let's let's try and reduce that number as much as we can. So we've got, we've got about five or six different actionable items for you to take away today. So you can start thinking about how do I put that in place in my website. And all of these are quite easy. We've kept them easy purposefully so anybody can do them. We're talking and grade four. Help. Grade four, right? Grade four. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. So, let's, let's get started. What's the, fir- <laughs> what's the first thing that people should think about um, in order to reduce their cart abandonment? Okay, so the first one is to put all of your frequently asked questions up front. Uh, what we mean by that is on the very first page where somebody is actually going to find out about your product and start the sign-up process or the payment process, you want all of your frequently asked questions there. What might a frequently asked question be, Andrew? Well, it could be, um, do you offer a return policy? Or it could mm. be something that um, often it could it might, in, might only be information that is... Um, given on a on a sales page on the sales page itself, it may be what's the guarantee? 
what are what are the um, what length of time does uh, your guarantee last and that sort of stuff? You know what I loved and and I not too long ago I did this sort of like five day juice cleansing thing and I it, what was cool about it is you get all the juices delivered to your door but I liked their payment process and the reason why is because they did exactly this point so what they had was um, number one. This is when your delivery will be delivered to your door every day. This is how it's delivered to you in a little like cold pack. Because I was thinking, oh, will the juice be spoiled, right? Mm -hmm. So it comes in a little cooler. Um, and no, you don't throw that away. You leave that at your door at the end of the night. So the delivery guy picks it up the next morning and gives you a new one. Like literally had this conversational dialogue that the, that the woman had written on the page about every single objection or thing I, I, I had in my mind, literally to the point of when in my suburb in Sydney, when can I expect delivery? Wow. <laughs> it was incredibly detailed <laughs> wow. ingredients, everything. And I thought, wow, I'm so blown away by this. I literally have no question unanswered by the time I'm ready to buy, I was actually even more excited to buy at that point. That's awesome. That's really cool. So, so up front, so you you were confident that there was nothing else to um, find out. Um, no. All of your information you needed was all satisfied, and you went and hit the pay button, and there you go. Yeah, couldn't, and, and it even educated me on other things I didn't even think about. So, yeah, it, really, she used the FAQs almost as a sales tool as well. So, yeah. um, it's really brilliant. Cool. So use those up, up front, and again, the main things you're going to want to address are shipping, the cost, the time, um, and, and you know anything around how it's shipped to you, um, you know, if you have to be home to take the shipment, all that sort of stuff. Uh, it's going to be any sort of refund policy that you might offer or guarantees that you might offer. Uh, it might be something about results that are expected. So if you're selling a weight loss, weight loss product, mm -hmm. you might say the average results on this are this. Um, you know, so literally think through all the main key points that people would want to know prior to buying. Yeah, right. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, number okay. two. Number two. Now, number two I love because I also have a little case study to tell about this one. Uh, number two is free shipping. Mm -hmm. Now, whenever, ever, ever possible, include your shipping costs in the rate of your product. And the reason why, this is one of the biggest reasons why people actually abandon. They go to your page where, I, I know I've seen it, I know you've seen it, where basically you have to enter in your postcode or your zip code and then the little the system will calculate the shipping for you mm -hmm. or you know there's other ways it'll maybe it'll just add on a flat rate but you don't actually see that amount right up until the end right. there have been so many times Andrew, when i get to that page and i realize oh my god i'm trying to buy a product that's $15 and granted i'm in australia and i bought it in the states but i realized that the shipping is $50 yeah really, really. i'm out of there you know what they say? There's actually it says that around about forty-four percent of the abandonments are due to that shipping problem. People are looking at going. You know what? I don't want to be paying shipping. Um, it's 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 actually the number one cause for abandonment rates that are out there. So you know that's so a that's a big big number. It's huge, and and if you include the shipping, it makes the person actually feel very special. So here's the case study I was going to say. There's a company I watch like a hawk here in Australia. It's called theiconic.com.au. Mm -hmm. It's a on online retailer um, shop for men and women for clothes and shoes and accessories. Everything they do, I absolutely love. And what do they do? Number one is no shipping costs. They literally use that as part of their promotional tools. They've even taken it a step further, where if you live within the main capital cities of Australia, you are going to get your product within three hours as well. Three so hours? 
Yes. Wow. Yes. This is like written everywhere, all over their sites, all over their communications that they do, on all their emails they send out, on all their catalogs. You know, this is like their thing. So you know straight off the bat, they actually use it as a sales point that no shipping no matter what you buy. Wow. So use this, you know, in your marketing, your promotions, and, um, and you don't even have to worry then. Again, we're going about techie stuff. You don't even have to worry about trying to get all techie and calculate shipping costs and all that crazy stuff that you have to do, you know, just write it into your pricing. Yeah, really. Okay. <clears throat> That's awesome. Then that was the iconic.com. The iconic.com. The iconic. Yeah, the iconic. Um, I For anybody who has online retail, no matter where you are in the world, I absolutely recommend going to their website to see how they've laid it out and also subscribing for their newsletter just so you can see how they handle their clients and how they promote and market themselves. They're absolutely brilliant in what they do. We'll they put, even have great social media use as well. Do they? We'll put that uh, in one of the resources for, yeah. our, for our notes for this, this um, site. So, Perfect. Awesome. Okay. So number three, we're up to number three. Um, this one is credibility. It's all about your credibility points. Uh, and I'll, I'll you know, come up with a few and then Andrew jump in and give us a few sure. as well. But, but the first one that comes to mind is that when you're checking out, the very first thing that you think about is, is my credit card information going to be safe? Mm -hmm. Now, because we build websites and, and I understand what encryption is, I, all I do is I look up to the URL and I see that it says HTTPS on any page that's collecting my details. Because I know that, that means that it's all encrypted and I'm safe. Uh -huh. But I have been on many websites where they actually don't tell you that when you're on that page you're safe. You're, you have encrypted safe um, data collection. Uh, they call it VeriSign or, or you know, they have an e-way stamp or whatever it is. There's lots of little icons that you can use on your website for this. Mm -hmm. But half the time on smaller websites, they don't even mention that. So I wouldn't even know if my detail was safe unless I actually knew to look at the HTTPS. Right. So what I'm saying about that is when you are having a checkout page, stick a logo on there that says you're information is being encrypted, it's being safely collected, it's, you know, trusted sources, all those little logos you get from um, your, your payment gateway mm -hmm. that you should definitely use them on that page. Yeah, right, okay. So some of those, some of those trusted uh, seals are things like VeriSign, uh, yeah. Trust E, McAfee, McAfee, McAfee Secura. So there's some of those ones, and you want to you want to actually put some of those down near the bottom where they where they're actually looking at the pay pay now button. If they're yes. on a uh, checkout checkout page, you want to make sure that they're, they're down below so people can see that they actually are being secure when they order this sort of stuff as well. That's exactly right. And we even brought up this up in a past episode. We were talking about the use of logos. Again, if you use shippers like UPS or FedEx or put those in as well, you know, we ship with. So it's thinking about all those little fine, the little finer details um, of building up the credibility of when somebody buys. You want to, you want them to know that it's just not a mom and pop going and driving to their house and dropping off a package in a brown paper bag, you know? Yeah, really, really. So, that's just a couple of, of initial ideas that I have. But um, what other things have you seen, Andrew, that you thought, well, I feel safe here? You know, you know what, testimonials are a good thing too, um, whether yeah. they're written or video about the product that you're about to purchase. So someone's saying, oh, you know, I bought this product and it was awesome. It did this, this, and this. It just means that, hey, there are other people out there like you who have bought the product and they're getting a good result. So um, put your testimonials. If you've already used that particular testimonial on your sales page, 
doesn't hurt to use it again if you have to. Mm-hmm. And then doing your guarantee on every page of the sign-up uh, checkout process as well. You know, 60-day money-back guarantee or whatever you offer, make sure that that is a very prominent displayed graphic so people are reminded every single step of the way that you have a money-back guarantee should they not be happy. Yeah. You don't want to give them an excuse in any way, shape, or form where they get to that sign-up page and they feel like, I don't trust you mm-hmm. at that point. You exactly. want them to fully trust you at that yep. point. Yep. So um, that's credibility. And let's go on to number four. Well, this, this one here links into some of that credibility, and that's um, what we call live chat. Now, yes. live chat can be, as, as it says, live chat or it can even be recorded chat where people want to find out more questions because you haven't answered them enough now this can be this can pose a little a little problem um first let's just talk about live chat and then i'll talk about the problem and a solution for um having the recorded chat sounds good so let's go you 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 dive into live chat stuff and i'll dive in the recorded stuff Okay, so now I'll give an example of of one site that I really actually really appreciated for using this. Um, There's a site called Kajabi, and Kajabi, we've talked about in one of our membership site podcasts before. Uh, It's just a platform for less techie people to very quickly get started with their own membership site. Now, they do this brilliantly. They have a live chat box all over the place. So throughout the entire process of learning about the, the platform, but also checking out and buying their platform, they have a little box, you know, not convinced, have a question, have a doubt, just talk to us live right now. Mm-hmm. And you just click on that, a little pop-up box comes up and you're right there talking to somebody that can help you straight away. And they even have taken it two step further where you can talk to somebody that's on the technical team or on the sales team, uh, depending on how much information you want to know. And they'll, they will literally sit there and chat with you until all of your questions are answered. And they do a fantastic job with their customer service. So that's an example of how to use live chat is that if you're selling something, especially for those of you that are selling programs, online programs, info products, or membership sites, um, or online courses, because there's so much more in the course that you can easily talk about on your sales page. Whereas if you're buying a sweater online, you know, that's sort of like, oh yeah, look at the look at the color, okay, and the size or whatnot. You don't necessarily have to have a full live chat around that. But if you're buying a course, this is a great opportunity for you to actually stick that live chat on that sales page and then have somebody even yourself that's there to answer questions about that course. All so right. that's live chat. And, and a quick one on that, because we were just doing a webinar about it. There's some a couple of cool tools that you can use. There's um, Zendesk. They have a built-in their help desk, and they have a built-in live chat feature. Um, and also, what was the other one we were talking about? Um, it's, uh, the pipe, the pix, um, speak pipe? Zop, Zopin. Oh, Zopin. 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 <laughs> Zopin. Z or Z, depending on your country, O-P-I-M. Com and we'll stick that on the resources on our site as well. So that's a really cheap, inexpensive live chat box that you can stick up on your site. So all of those people that are listening that have large companies and a large worker base that can answer all these phones on a regular basis, that was for you. <laughs> but uh, if you are a solopreneur or you know, you're a very small business and you haven't got the resources to have somebody hanging around a phone or on a computer terminal for 24 hours a day, seven days a week then you can implement some things that, uh, that are recording your voice. Now, one of the problems with that is if somebody leaves you a message and it's the middle of the night for you because they may be purchasing your product on the other side of the world, 
you won't be able to get back and answer them in time. You know, they're not going to sit there and with their cart open waiting for you to get back to them. So um, you can use a, a tool to record messages on your site called um, SpeakPipe, wasn't it, Heather? Yes, SpeakPipe, exactly Speak right. SpeakPipe, which lets people automatically, no phones are needed, it lets them put a automatic um, voice message into a, into a system which you can uh, get an alert from and listen to that message. But if uh, the problem is, though, that people either will um, hang around, either not hang around waiting for you to get back to them, or some people just may want to disappear and go and come back later and finish that purchase. Because have you ever done, Heather, um, gone to purchase something and you think, you know what, I'll come back and finish it because I haven't got my credit card with me or whatever it is? Yeah. And when you come back, um, you've got to go through the whole process again. Yeah. really painful from I really hate that sort of stuff so there is there, are, there is ways to keep your cart alive um, by putting little cookies in I'm not going to get too technical but there is ways to make sure that when somebody revisits that page the cart still has the contents that they um, that they ordered in the first place so that could be a good little combination of um, having a having a voicemail system to take questions and then when they go back to revisit your page all of the contents are still in their cart so they can purchase it from where they left off. And for those of you guys that are listening, um, some shopping cart systems just do that naturally. And if they don't and you're actually working with a web team who are building your forms on your site, just ask them that question. Say, when you're setting this up, what's the best way or how can we have my sign-up forms actually remember the person when they come back? And is that possible? You yeah. know, So just ask the question when you're doing it. But that is a... A valid thing because again the less data somebody has to enter the absolute better for you and getting them through the process awesome all right let's move on what is the distraction next one there you go distraction <laughs> so everyone's busy we have multiple tabs open we have phones ringing you know kids screaming in the background and we're busy we're all busy so this is where you have like that the big bright happy buttons and data fields and but but really, I mean, you do need this. So here's a few things that you guys can use in your forms and in your whole checkout process to keep 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 people on your page and going to the next step. So the first one is big buttons. That would be, you know, the button that says um, buy now, pay now, step two of the sign-up process. Any buttons that you have should be big and bright and very prominent on your page. Almost like, look at me, I'm here, click me, that sort of thing. I've got, I've got that song going through my head. I like big <laughs> buttons and I cannot lie. <laughs> I know. <Sorry>. So bad. <laughs> oh, man. So the next one would be <laughs> bright fields. So the fields are the data fields where people enter in their details. Now, bright or big or whatever, you want something that's very easy for the person to see and also for them to type into. I cannot tell you how many times I've been on a site and I – try and click into the little box and I literally mean little box and I'm trying to type in my data and there might be like the inside the box it'll say email and the second I put my mouse in it the email disappears yep. so I actually have no idea what I was supposed to enter because I got distracted uh-huh uh-huh so well, you think about think about people on uh, cell phones as well smartphones yeah. you know if that if that is small already on a computer it's going to be even smaller and, and if you've got fat fingers and you're trying to you know, put put, uh, put your cursor or your finger inside the box it's going to make it hard so 
Yeah. yeah. So keep them, keep them big and make it very, very clear on what data you're meant to put in there by putting a data field off to the left-hand side and make it sure there is not a doubt in the person's mind of what they're actually supposed to enter in that data field. So like if they're filling out the, the CVC code on their credit card, um, you know, make sure you actually have a, an image of what that is or where they find that three-digit number on the back of their card. And if it's American Express they're entering, make sure you're circling the four numbers on the front of the card. So literally every single thing should have be so easily spelled out that they, again, don't have a doubt in their mind. Because I remember when, um, you know, online shopping initially was asking for the CBC number and so many people actually had no idea what that was. Mm. And they would just leave the site. They think, oh, I don't even know what yeah, is that. Where do I get yeah. that? And they just take off. So, well, well they put their pin number in, <laughs> and it didn't yeah. work. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing, images. Even though they have now gone from your sales page into your payment page, why why should you drop images? You know, keep reminding them of what they're buying. Use images of people saying their testimonials. Use images of the product. Mm-hmm. Use before and after images. Keep your images throughout the entire process of buying what you're doing. Love it. Other thing is, um, and I love this one, is limited navigation. Once they actually enter into the payment process with you, you don't want to have anything that they click on other than the button on the page, other than the data fields, of course, and the button on the page. So, so, you're, so you're talking about things like um, mm-hmm. like the, up the top where people can choose to go to their home or your contact yes. page or your about page. Take all that away and just have, what, a, a big image of, a, of your logo that says home or something and yeah. um, clickable to go back to the home page from there? Less is more, exactly. So you just want to think in terms of removing the menu off the top. Mm-hmm. And you, yes, you can have your home button right up at the top and you, still your, your logo. Or um, a lot of people will be using sales pages for this. So they'll have their own little unique header up at the top already. So just continue to use that. And if you have a live chat box, just make sure that's very easy to see. So think about where you want them to click. Every single clickable area on your page should entice them to buy or should continue them down the path of making the sale. That's what we mean. So take off all those social media buttons. You don't want them anywhere near the the payment process. Good. Awesome. 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 That's that one. So that's how you limit distraction, you know, really controlled, clear environment, lots of vibrancy images, you know, big buttons, easy to find data fields and easy to enter information as well. Perfect. All right, what is the final one? We've got one more to go. What's the final one? one? Yes, so this one is just a little bit more advanced, but not too much, and I think it's worth actually talking about. Now, uh, earlier I was talking about the whole two-step sign-up process. So how that works is basically in step one of the whole sign-up process, you're basically collecting the person's first name and their email address, and that's it. So you're just getting a couple of details of step one. Then step two, you're asking for their address, their credit card details, and all the other information that you need to collect from them. Why that's important is that because what you can do in your system, whether it's AWeber or MailChimp or Office Autopilot, as you can say, if the person has only filled out this particular form, which is step one, and they've not finished the step two form, then what that means is they've abandoned the sign-up process. They're still hanging around with their data in step one, and they've never actually gone through it. So you can set up in your system an email, an automated email that goes out for people that are still just sitting around in step one with their data. 
that sends an email and says, hey, we noticed, you know, you didn't finish the sign-up process. How can we help? And that's where you can say, you know, let's get on the phone or can you fill out this survey or what, whatever it is you want to ask them. But essentially, that's what this whole, you know, email that goes out card abandonment thing means is that you're, all you're doing is you're taking the step one part of the process and you're sending them an email if they never actually end up getting through step two. I, um, I saw a great example of that um, from a site called Cafe Press. Mm-hmm. Cafe Press is a site where you can go and buy online printed um, t-shirts and mugs and all that sort of stuff, you know, put your own logo on there and that sort of thing. And um, it, uh, the, heading, the heading was, uh, we've saved the items in your shopping cart. And then underneath it, it uh, sent a little email out and said, uh, return any time to purchase your saved items. We're always open. There's a little guy holding a sign saying open 24-7. <laughs> so they've obviously got that, that, um, that system in place where they've kept the items in the cart. And it goes, you know, thanks for visiting Cafe Press. You've picked out some great merchandise. We've saved it all. So when you're ready to buy, just return to your shopping cart. And they put links there to go straight back to your shopping cart. Very um, smart. And it says, here's what's waiting for you. So they actually grab an image of what you put in the shopping cart and send it back to you in an email saying, this is what you've got. Just go to your shopping cart now and buy it. Very, very clever. Very clever. And uh, that's obviously we're talking about more robust, amazing programming behind the scenes. But what that does illustrate is that you can still get clever without pulling in data from the person's shopping cart where you follow up with the email. You can still be very clever, and, and especially if it's just an info product that they're buying from you. You'll know, obviously, what they're buying. Yeah, so you can yeah. use that email and say, did you, you know, do you, do you, did you want to hear about this case study or did you want to hear about this result or check this out or, by the way, if you don't take action today, um, you know, nothing's going to change in your life or, by the way, we've noticed you've not checked out would you be interested in checking out if we give you 10% off? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's so mm. much you can do in that email. The sky's the limit. The only key thing to know here is that in order to make that happen, you want a bit of a two-step process. You have to have them complete one form in order to collect that data before they go on to the next. So that's why no matter what you're doing going forward, think of how you can have a two-step sign-up process with mm-hmm. two different unique forms. Yes, very good That's point. That's a key thing to take away. <laughs> very good point, very good point. All right, now, if we're gonna, is there anything else we want to talk about in shopping cart abandonment? I think we've covered some really good points here. And uh, you know, as I said at the beginning, if you don't have anything to sell right now, I'm sure you're going to, think about what we've talked about in this particular podcast so that you can uh, use some of that stuff when you're setting up your shopping cart in the first place. Exactly. And for those of you guys that are listening, of course, you can always go over to our website, autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast. And you can go into our resources tab there and you'll get all the cool little links that we've talked about in this episode, but also past episodes. And you'll also get all of our show notes and, and other, you know, we've talked about speak pipe and those types of things. We'll also have the information for you uh, within the podcast itself on our website. So you head on over there and also let us know what you think. Leave us a, a comment or a question. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, this is episode number 25. So look for 25 to 25. get these resources. Um, awesome, H. Thanks for um, putting me on the spot with what I learned this week. I You're learned welcome. that I learned something. That was very good. <laughs> um, if you want to connect with us socially, go and check us out at aybsocial.com, www.aybsocial.com. We have all of our social stuff there. Yep. And as you said, if you're listening to us, please leave some reviews. Leave us some love on uh, iTunes or uh, any of those other podcasting sites. We're on Podomatic and all those other sites as well. So 
whatever your favorite pod catching software is, we're probably on there. <laughs> All right. Well, Wonderful. thank you. Thank you very much. Um, enjoyed it today. We've got one more in this series left, and that is all about bounce rates. How do we de- decrease our bounce rates on our websites? And uh, that is going to be a very, very good podcast as well. So I'm looking forward to that. And you know what's great about this is once you guys know what a bounce rate is and, and how to actually use it in your, your tracking your, or your statistics, you'll sound really, really smart when you talk to people. I know. I know. <laughs> in my Speaking case, of- you, won't, you won't look so smart, but you just sound smart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. All right. Take care. Good to have you on board and we'll uh, look forward to the next podcast with you. See you, H. See you, Andrew. See you guys. Talk soon. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelts securely fastened. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com. Or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.